0: Okay. And welcome to the Bohemian Rose Podcast. I'm Tamara Muth King, the voice behind the podcast, and I would like to say thank you for listening today. And if you've listened to any of the other podcasts that I've put out so far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's just my stories of where I am and what I'm doing. Actually, it's more my stories of what I've done to get to this point. And who I am right now is someone who's of a certain age, so a little over the age of 50, with two grown-ish children, children that are in university but actually home for the summer because school's not in session. And I'm just reinventing myself, figuring out how I fit into this world of Everything from job and career and potential for love, maybe someday, or dating, just all of it. It's all a big question mark. I don't think my life is really all that interesting, but it is a story that I have to tell. And I do think that there are a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of people in general that face reinvention at a midlife point. So somewhere around the age of 50, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. And it's nice to know that you're not going through all of these crazy antics completely in a bubble alone that other people can relate to it or that other people have been down the same path. This week, I'm going to talk about what I did when pretty much all else had failed, and I'm just going to call it crystal ball. Post-divorce, I changed up my decor in my apartment. I traveled. I tindered. I tattooed. And I was still in this state of, what am I doing? Who am I? What is even going to happen in the future? Not that I really live in the future, but I think sometimes when your present is completely destroyed and you think about what your future is going to look like, because it's not going to look anything like you thought it was going to while you were married or in a relationship, you know, you might think about the future every now and then, and I certainly did. A friend of mine had gone to this woman, It's I hate to use the word psychic, so I'll use the word seer. It sounds so old-fashioned, but it makes me think of Vikings in a way, because they had seers. friend had gone to this woman who is a seer, and she was right on the money with so many different things about the past, about the present, and put some information out there for the future that was kind of inspiring and sort of exciting and I guess it's kind of it, it would be like looking forward to a vacation like you know sometime in the future you're going to be going on vacation so it keeps you moving forward because you're like I'm getting closer to that vacation and I asked her I was like is there any way that I could get a Referral to be able to go see this woman because I'm thinking I'm alone. The prospects of actually being with another human being moving through my life other than the dog, which unfortunately she is not going to live forever. And I definitely cherish every minute I have with her and my children who are going to eventually graduate from college and move on with their own lives. I just see myself being alone. And that in some ways is great, and in some ways is not so great, and I don't really need to explain why it would not be great to be alone from the age of, you know, in my late 40s, moving all the way through my life. Like, it would be nice to have a companion eventually to do things with. So I asked for a referral. For this woman, for this psychic, for this seer. And I know that if you've listened to the podcast about dating, I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with me? So I go and I see this woman. And she lives kind of out in the valley-ish areas. And it took a while to get there. And I had to schedule the appointment working around everyone's schedules so I could drive out there because it was a hike to get out there. And I was so excited to possibly have some revelations or some idea of where I'm going, of what I'm going to be doing. As with most things in life, you have to see the humor in every situation because sometimes they're just so freaking funny. I go and I meet this woman. I'm really excited to get there. And I show up, and she's this petite, blonde woman that has all this energy. And I'm a really low-key kind of person. I shouldn't say low-key. Let me rephrase that. I'm a really mellow kind of person. I'm very even-keeled. It takes a lot to get me really riled up. It takes a lot to get me really sad about something. But I, I kind of exist on a pretty even keel, which helps me out a lot when I'm photographing because as situations change and things happen, I pretty much maintain my composure and can still think and I'm not really overly reactive about things. So I'm pretty mellow. I go into this place. This woman is like, I've just been like so full of energy all day. Like I'm almost just bursting out of my body. I'm so energetic and I'm, you know, my head is just reeling and I'm thinking, great, like we are going to find out some really cool stuff when we sit down together. So I sit down in this room, I have some water to drink beforehand and she's got crystals around and there are some pyramid kind of things, which I guess help with energy. And I sit across from her and I She puts her hands out. She's like, okay, just lay your hands on mine. And we sit there quietly for what seemed like forever, but it was actually about a minute or two. Maybe it was like three or four minutes. We sit there for three or four minutes, hands together. Her face starts to look concerned. And I'm thinking there's going to be some really, really horrible news that's going to come out of her mouth when she opens it. And she opens her mouth and she's like, okay, let's stand up. So we stand up and she's like, okay, let's jump up and down. Let's get some energy flowing. Okay. Moving around. I feel like I'm doing Jane Fonda aerobics. And then we sit back down, hands together. And it's crickets again, like total crickets, nothing, nothing whatsoever. No speaking, no anything. So she's like, okay, okay, hold on one second. And she goes and she grabs all of these different crystals. She lays them out in front of me. She gives me this big, clear quartz crystal ball that is literally the size of like a duck pin bowling ball. She gives me that to hold. I put it in my lap. So now I'm surrounded by all of these pretty stones that would have made me really happy when I was a little girl because everything is special when you're little. So, I have all these crystals around me again, hands together, and minutes are passing. A lot of minutes are passing. There's nothing. And finally, she looks at me and she says, This has never happened to me before. And I, my first thought was, Oh, great. What's wrong with me now? And I was like, What has never happened to you before? And she said, your energy is so low. And she said, it's so guarded, like a steel vault. She's like, I can't read you. I said, I asked her, what does that mean? You can't read me? And her answer was out of all of the thousands of people that I have read, I can't read you. I can't get anything. And she said there's only one other person in her life that she was not able to read, and it is not able to read, and that's her husband. And her husband, I guess, it has a really similar energy, and if she's in a kundalini state of awakening, she can read him, and she could possibly do a kundalini state of awakening with me, and then she would be able to read me, but she would need him to be there. And this is about 45 minutes now. She would need him to be there so that he could pull her out of it if she couldn't get out of it, which all of that to me sounds really, really scary. I don't want someone to have to be pulled out of something because they're trying to read me. And I literally... Had to fight back the tears, and I didn't do a very good job of fighting back the tears because I think the tears welled up in my eyes and started one started to slowly trickle down my face as I was thinking, Great, now there's like something wrong with me that even a psychic or a seer who's supposedly really, really good can't even tap into what the hell is going on with me. And it was the worst feeling. Actually, it wasn't the worst feeling, it was just a really bad feeling because here I am again thinking, well, I am such an oddball. And now I'm thinking as I'm putting all of these stories out into the public arena, people must think that I am such a like kooky person, but I'm not. I'm just this really quiet in a way, but really creative, amazing person. And I don't know. It just was like this really weird situation. So we sat there longer and we just started talking, and she said, I'm not gonna charge you for this. Like, can't charge you because I'm not able to read you. And as we got to talking, things started to, she started to pick up on things and started to talk about quite a bit of things. Well, not quite a bit, but definitely some things. The biggest takeaways that I had from this session with her one of them was, I don't see you in the United States. This is not really the place for you. She said, I see you. There are streets, like cobblestone streets of Europe, Italy. She brought up Italy a lot. And she said, for some reason, I feel like it's Italy. And then she said, there's someone waiting for you in Naples. But with me, with all of my luck, that would be like Naples, Florida or Naples and Long Beach. But she said Naples, which is ironic because that's where my great grandparents got on a ship and sailed to America, was out of Naples and into Ellis Island. And she brought up a few other things, not anything that was like super earth shattering, but she did ask me, what's the one thing that, you know, that you want to know? And my one thing was, am I going to be alone? And I know that that is such a ridiculous thing to ask, about the future because there's no guarantee with anybody. And yes, ultimately we will all be alone as we transition from this life to another life. But I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone for the next 30 or 40 or however many years I have left. And I'm not saying that I also want to grasp onto something out of desperation. But I just want to know that there will be someone at some point to be able to share experiences with. And I think I've said the phrase, share experiences, about a hundred times on these podcasts. But that's really ultimately what I want. Like I feel like I have these amazing experiences when I go off and I photograph clients. I get to collaborate. I get to be so creative. We get to talk about it and exchanging not only the words but the visuals of what we're doing and I find that so fulfilling and I love experiences I love having something to talk about and to tuck away into my memory and it's travel it's meals it's time with people I thought about it this morning before I actually recorded this I had an opportunity last night where one of my daughters asked me to walk and go get ice cream with her. And I really wasn't in the mood to go do that, but I really wanted to spend the time with her because in less than a month, she's going away to college and this will be the first time that she's going away to college, which means this will be less than a month from now when I come home, I'm coming home to an empty house. So... I treasure just walking a couple blocks and being able to sit with her and eat the ice cream because I'm not going to be able to do that that much longer and only on certain occasions when she's home. And then this morning I sat in my other daughter's room and I had a conversation with her. And these little daily, not much of anything, interactions with someone else to me mean a lot. I I love that. I cherish the time that I have with people when they're around. Getting back to thinking about my future, I cherish being able to have interactive experiences with other people and you know, especially someone of the opposite sex, where there might be hugging and kissing and other stuff, which I know makes me sound like a juvenile, but I treasure experiences. Going back to sitting there with this woman who's a seer and being told that I have, my energy is so low and I'm so incredibly guarded around what would be, I don't know what chakra, I'm not really sure, but I'm really guarded and protective of my feelings and my heart. And apparently I make it really difficult for someone who has psychic abilities to be able to really crack through the stainless steel or the steel and get to what's going on with me. So she gave me a list of things to do or potentially do that might help shift my energy. And I became adamant that I was going to have The biggest energy shift out of anyone. She did suggest yoga. I'm not a fan of yoga, but I can talk about that some other time. She mentioned crystals to get the energy flowing. She mentioned uh, meditation, which I have dabbled off and on for a couple years with, not even a couple years, for a really long time with trying to meditate. And I get really angry with myself because as soon as I sit down to meditate, I'm not kidding, my mind goes straight to food. Even though I'm not even hungry. For some reason, I start thinking about what is the next meal I'm going to eat. Somehow meditating is going to keep me from actually eating again. I don't know why, but it's the funniest thing that that's where my mind mind goes to food. Um, So crystals, meditation, yoga, and around the time that I saw her was about... The time that I started to really start shooting a lot of yogis and meditation people. And I went to an event where there was a woman that had crystals. And I just wanted to do anything I could to try to shift my energy. Now, I don't think that I was consciously thinking, okay, I'm going to become like this really hyper energetic person. Because my personality and the way that I interact with other people, it's I'm not going to be the, the life of the party in a room. Like I'm just not, I don't like the attention like that. And sometimes I feel like if I were to be this super bouncy tigger of a person coming into a room, it would almost be like, Hey, look at me. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the one that everybody is looking at. I think I am more comfortable in a position of observing other people. But I also know with the whole laws of attraction and those sort of theories that if you want to draw people into you or into your world, you need to have a certain amount of energy. And I don't know if I just kind of evolved into this person that was this really, really mellow person because I had to stand back and accommodate and help everybody else manage their emotions in my household and that would be girls and ex-husband or if I was always like that because I think when I was a kid I was one of those people that I thought I could do everything and I thought I could do everything pretty well to a certain degree of proficiency and I don't know if that if I was really that enthusiastic outside of the organized activities of being enthusiastic as in I was a cheerleader and when I tell people that I was a cheerleader in high school they look at me and their mouth just about falls open because I guess I seem like the least likely cheerleader that there could have been because I'm not really the rah-rah type anymore in terms of my life. I mean, there are people that I've met that are such cheerleaders for everybody and they are infectious, but that doesn't really seem to be me. And I know this sort of sounds like rambling at this point. It's just so interesting how when these situations arise, like just even going to see this woman and then being told, I can't read you, that... I completely flip a mirror back to myself and I automatically go to what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? That's all I keep thinking. And I think it was this this pattern that was set from honestly having a spouse that left three times during our marriage. And I know that there's nothing wrong with me, that a lot of the time I really is the other person. I honestly became hellbent on... A mission of clearing the clutter and junk out of my, lung, my, my lunch, my life, elevating my, my energy and elevating my magnetism, collecting crystals that somehow would help me with this, moving more, eating better, doing all of the things that I could possibly do to listening to podcasts, like all kinds of things. I was determined that I was gonna raise my energy. When I left the Sears house, we hugged. I felt a little bit better than when, (laughs) when I was sitting there being told that I couldn't be read, but I didn't feel a whole lot better. I was determined that I was definitely going to shift the energy in my life one way or another because I wanted to be this person that was open, willing to be vulnerable, open to possibilities and the energy of the universe. What's funny is I don't know if I would recommend that people go to see a psychic or a seer to try to have some clarity with their life. I think maybe it could be beneficial to some people, but to me it just kept the question marks up in the air. I do know that turning inside meditating, sitting quietly, journaling, and really projecting the life that you want. I feel like I find so much more comfort in sitting down on a daily basis, usually before bed, writing out the list of things that I'm grateful for and ways that I added value to my life or to someone else's life during the day are really fulfilling One thing that's really kept me going in some really hard times and some really dark times, and I'm sorry, I feel like I have something stuck in my throat right now, but the thing that's really kept me going is when I close my eyes and I project me in the life that I want, like ultimately this amazing life, when I actually feel it, and I can see myself walking the streets of Italy, and I can feel this arm around me, From this man that's a little, you know, that's taller than I am. And when I feel those feelings, they make me feel so incredibly happy. And it keeps me going because I know that life exists right now. It's only in my imagination. Hopefully at some point in the future, it will be real. But those feelings, just the feelings are what keep me going in terms of knowing that I'm not always going to be alone. I'm really excited for next week because I'm actually going to be on my friend Jordan Younger's podcast. She's going to have me on and someone else. And we're going to be talking about something that I haven't discussed on here yet. I hope you enjoy my stories of my so-called life. It's just my life. These are my stories of what I've done. I mean, there's so much stuff that goes on on a daily basis But thank you for listening, and, you know, we're not alone in anything. Everybody's going through some sort of struggle. Have a great day, and we will chat soon.